0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, depending upon where and when you are. I am the Meatball. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. You can always contact the show with anything you have to say, anything you have to complain about, anything you have to agree with, anything at all. This is a free speech podcast. Uh, We like to cover current Events, topics, and what's going on in America at the time, but you can talk about anything. Uh, A few shows ago, I believe it was episode number five, it was titled Vaccines, Mandates, and Masks. Oh my. Uh, I discussed a little bit about uh, vaccines, uh, mask mandates, and and whatnot in regards to COVID. I had a couple of. uh, School employees call in and leave messages with their concerns or their opinions on the matter. Uh, And I really wanted to speak to a teacher. I tried to get a teacher to interview that day. However, with timing and the holidays and and everything, I couldn't make it happen. I did get a chance, though, earlier this week to get a teacher on the phone and conduct that interview. So I'm going to start off with that. But before we do that, let me tell you how to get in touch with us. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. We solicit opinions, ideas, phone calls, and words from any and everybody out there. And how do you give us your words? You can call me at 307-363-2669. Leave me a voicemail. You can email me at Meatballs4America at Yahoo.com. That's all lowercase and the number four. You can reach me on Twitter at MBS4America, and I am Frank Talker on Facebook. Reach out, send me a friend request. Uh, On my Twitter and Facebook pages, I will put polls and questions that will be brought up in this show, and uh, your voicemails and emails can be read out loud or played on the podcast at any time, but I do need you, I do need your opinions, and I do need your words to have a little more fun here. So do do that. So here we go. Earlier this week, I sat down with a teacher from one of our cities and here's that interview. Hope you enjoy Alrighty, So on the phone, we're going to have our first live interview on the Meatballs for America podcast. I'm the Meatball, uh, a city teacher on the phone. Uh, it's not a suburb teacher. It's a city teacher. Maybe New York, maybe Philadelphia, but it, it's an inner city teacher we have on the phone with us. It's to discuss mandates, masks and what's going on with COVID in the schools Um First thing, we got to get her a name. Right now, I'm just going to call her Miss Tang because uh, on here, we don't use our real identities. It's a lot easier to be honest when you're anonymous. Um, and we got to worry about cancel culture and all that. So uh, Miss Tang may not answer all my questions because uh, we don't want to identify her exactly. But uh, Miss Tang, that name okay for you?
1: Yep, that is fine with me. <laughs>
0: all right. So Miss Tang, I wish I had a Miss Tang as a teacher. Uh, <laughs> so uh, how old are you, Miss Tang?
1: I'm in my mid-twenties.
0: Okay, so you're in your mid-twenties. Now, do you consider yourself vigilant uh, as far as uh, COVID and practices and safety, or just, you know, average? One to ten, ten being super vigilant, one being doesn't even bother you.
1: In the classroom, we are super vigilant. Um, you know, kids, I work with younger populations, so kids can have their fingers in their mouth, they can blow their nose and don't always like remember to sanitize, they cough and pull their masks down. So I am just, i um, on top of them in the classroom. Um, personally, I try and stay as safe as possible, but I mean, it's been two years now of this. So I'm just at the point where I'm just kind of back to living my life.
0: I, I understand that a lot, a lot of people are like, and yeah, you covered, you covered a little bit of what I was going to ask later, but I, so how long have you been teaching?
1: Um, I'm still in my early stages. This is my third year.
0: Thirty. So you basically you taught one year before COVID, right?
1: Um. Yeah. When I began, my first year was COVID year, so we had a normal start, and then in March we went virtual, and then I was virtual most of last year. We came back into the classroom, um, and then we went back out again because there was a lot of cases, and then we went back and finished the year in the classroom. And this year we've started in the classroom, and thankfully. We haven't gone virtual yet.
0: That was my next question. I was going to ask, are you currently in school or virtual? Uh, now, have they given you any expectations of is it going to be uh, – uh, do they expect for the future and near future that you're going to be in school or have they set you up that we could possibly be going virtual soon or anything like that?
1: Um, well, with cases on the rise in the city, um, there is a possibility of going virtual um, just because – They want to make sure everyone's safe. So they haven't um, like officially announced anything yet. But there is a possibility we are on our break right now. So when we come back from winter break, there's a possibility that we will be virtual for a week or two just to make sure, you know, it's the holidays. A lot of people are around a lot of people. So just to be cautious with that. So.
0: okay. so what would you say you've done more in-person teaching or more uh, virtual teaching?
1: Um, It's honestly been a pretty easy mix here. I was in person September to March of 2019 to 2020. um, And then we were virtual for basically an entire year. We were virtual from from, um, March of 2020 till April of 2021. So that was an entire year um, of virtual. And we were... Back in person in September of this year. So it's been.
0: Yeah, you're. Much a you are basically almost 50 50. <laughs> yeah, half and half. Uh, yeah. now, your first year was COVID year. So you really didn't get to settle into any habits mm-hmm. or anything. But which, which do you prefer, virtual or in, in person?
1: Oh, in person, 100%. Virtual is, I mean, I'm yeah. also a grad student currently. And I, as a 20 something year old female, cannot, um, really concentrated in online classes. So working with the younger population, it's just, it's really a struggle. I mean, I feel like the kids just really need to be in school.
0: Okay. Now in the in-person teaching, do you feel safe and comfortable?
1: Um, my school, we do require masks. Um, we sanitize entering the classroom. We sanitize leaving the classroom in my classroom. We wipe down desks constantly. Um, if they do have like snack time and stuff they wear their masks or sorry they have their shields um when they have their masks off um we have to have the desks separate it, but you know being in a small city school there's only so far we can push the desks apart but i don't have any desks facing each other um and the kids are kind of spread out um when we do like group stuff they typically sometimes will bring their shields with them or they wear a mask um we don't really share materials like, before COVID, um, if we were using, like, any type of manipulative during, like, a math lesson or a reading lesson, um, typically we just put them in a bin and the kids share them. But now we have Ziploc baggies with each student's name on them and um, individual stuff, and then we still wipe that down and Lysol everything, so. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware there was there was that much uh, going on with it. Now, the faculty, how are they with their masks? Do they just wear them in front of the kids and are lackadaisical when they're behind the scenes, or is pretty much all wear the masks everywhere vigilantly?
1: Um, walking the hallways and in the classrooms and everything, typically we all have them on. Um, we are required to wear them, but then again, we do have um, an hour break when we're not with the students, and typically those are like unmasked times just because the students aren't around. You can be in your classroom because the students are in other classrooms, like going to like art or recess or lunch and other things. So um, typically if the kids aren't in the classroom, that's when you wouldn't have your mask on. Um, But if you are in the classroom without your mask on, we do use the um, face shields.
0: Okay. So now how about uh, how are they giving you information? Are they good at uh, keeping you informed and everything that's going on?
1: Um, typically, yes. I mean, sometimes they are making last minute decisions as well. Um, Like, for instance, we went virtual um, early the week before Thanksgiving. um, And they didn't really know what they were doing yet. So we didn't really find out until last minute. And we only had like a day to prepare for that virtual um, time. And it was like two or three days that we were virtual um, around Thanksgiving. So but like I said, they weren't even sure what you they were don't. going to do it as the administration. So I feel like as soon as they figure it out, they let us know. But for the most part, it's just take it day by day type of thing.
0: You get, so information disseminated mostly through memos, emails, announcements, mm-hmm. or do you just have regular yep. safety meetings?
1: Um, we did have like meetings at the beginning of the year when we had like PD and stuff on the, like the new um, precautions and everything um when we came back to in-person learning last year like after being virtual from september um we came back and we had like i was probably about a week or so um to come in and prepare and you know we left in march and weren't in our classrooms um until the next april so it was literally a year outside of the school so they let us go in prepare everything move the desks around um like kind of gave us um all of our like safety training and things like that. They put um like the circles down in the hallway that the kids were supposed to like walk in. And when we were back last year, it was only half the kids because we did that hybrid. So there was like the A and B groups. So that was different. So there was only half the class in there at a
0: time. Now, how about support with the virtual teaching? They uh, they real good with that. Did they teach us how to do it, or did you have to figure it out on your own on the fly?
1: Um, It was a pretty good mix. I mean, I felt more supported than other um, people that I know that are in the field. Um, I'm just in a good district, I believe, um, compared to other districts and how other teachers in other districts were supported. Um, I feel like my school did really well with supporting us and providing us with lots of different things that we needed. Um, They gave us a lot of online apps. Um, They pushed a lot of our curriculum out virtually. Um, So we didn't really need that many um, materials, which was really nice just because it made it real easy. Just have the kids come on one app and everything's right there for them. It made it a lot easier for the parents. Um, So the parents weren't like, oh, what are we supposed to do now? What's this app? What's that app? Like everything was just on one. And we did have um, training on that at the beginning of the year. Um, But we did. We were supposed to be um, in person at the beginning of I'm trying to think of the year <laughs> it's been a lot of years that's, of that's all right
0: uh did you answer he answered that more in-depthly than i even really expected <laughs> you to now how about that the kids are they go wearing a mask you touched upon it earlier you just said you got to keep up on them
1: yeah so definitely they require reminders i mean their kids they're elementary age um they want to talk to their friends they want to drink their water they've got to blow their nose or pick their nose <laughs> No, what <which> is gross <laughs> but, <laughs> so no how are they the reminders.
0: when you remind them they, they real quick what do they give you if they fight back with you, you think
1: Um, the older kids are usually like well my parents say I don't have to wear a mask so we get some of those Um, and then you know there are kids that our parents are scared and so those kids remind like their peers to pull up their mask too so you know you have the helpers that are Right. Um, in the classroom, helping as well. So, well, that, that,
0: that led me to my next question. I was going to ask you how the parents are. So, the, the, there's a mix. Some of the kids are like my parents say, I don't have to wear a mask. And some of the kids are vigilant because their parents made them vigilant. So, the kids, mm-hmm. that, they for the most part come in with masks of their own all, every day. Or you got constant kids who you got to constantly give a mask, a new mask to every day.
1: Yeah, there's a pretty good mix. I mean, we have someone that greets the students at the door with masks um, for those who do forget. Um, Sometimes it is like the same kids that don't have them every day. And then sometimes it's just the kids that are like, oh, they were running out of the car to make it before they shut the doors to be late. And they just didn't grab the mask. So that's yeah, definitely a good mix.
0: Yeah, but you, do you hear from parents at all, like when they're dropping off kids who are picking them up or you you removed from that? You don't really talk to them.
1: Yeah, I'm more removed Um, at pickup time is typically when we interact with the parents because um, drop off. It's just like I said, the person at the door and they just come in and they go to the cafeteria. Or if they come late enough, they go right to their classroom. Um, so we don't really see the parents in the morning. Um, but in the afternoon, typically parents will even pick their students up with um, their mask on. And we do all outside dismissal. So
0: that's yeah, going to have you heard more positive, more negative, or really nothing at all as far as parents talking about the masks and mandates and whatnot.
1: Um, I mean, all over social media, you get mixed reviews from parents. But, um personally, in my school, with my experience, I haven't had parents that are um, too concerned with or without the masks. Um, I know in some other classrooms, there were teachers that the parents were having complaints about students being required to wear the masks. But, yeah, I haven't personally experienced it,
0: but on the, so but, so mostly, you would say parents are are usually. Okay with it for the most part, I guess. For lack of a better thing to say,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: They, they at least they don't voice objection. Now, how about are, yeah. now? Are, are teachers mandated to be vaccinated where you're at?
1: No, we were not mandated, but they did um, more so push for it um, just because they wanted us to get back in the building. So yeah, are they, kids
0: they, your, any of your kid? Is there kid man the kid mandates or? Anything on the vaccinations or have you been informed they're coming or anything like that?
1: Um, as of now, there's no mandates, but I know students are getting vaccinated. Um, you know, kids come in every day and they're like, oh, I got my vaccine today. I'm going to get my second one today. So there are. Um,
0: now, how about with, with coworkers students. sharing that information? Like these guys ask each other if you're vaccinated, people lock it up and say, oh, none of your business or you just don't even talk about it.
1: Now we do talk about it. I mean, we are all in the lunchroom together because right now the students are eating in their classrooms um, just because they don't want large crowds like in the lunchrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids are eating in their classroom just to kind of contain themselves to one room. So if there is exposure, they know like it's just that classroom. It's not like anywhere Enough. else that they have to now, be concerned about. No, but a good one. So, would...
0: I'm sorry, a good one. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I wanted to ask you be- before I forgot. Are they good with a... Uh... Telling you about exposures or outbreaks or anything?
1: Oh yeah, as soon as um, a student is tested positive or is sent home for possible um, symptoms, we are given that information immediately. Um, we use an app that, like, is a um, at-home communication um, that allows us, I like, guess, teachers and administration to contact the parents. Um, so there's posts made on that. Oh, app, the parents
0: like, even have yeah. the app too. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good thing They're this happened this either. time. Yeah. If it happened when I was a kid, <laughs> we would have lost a lot more people.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you coming on and answering my questions. I, I hope I uh, had some fun. I did have some fun. Uh, do you have anything you want to add or talk about as far as vaccinations or mandates?
1: Um, no, nothing right now. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully uh, this will all be over soon and we will not have to worry about it. Uh, on the rest of the show, I'm talking about uh, favorite holiday traditions, whether they're personal ones, family ones, or even you know, regular every person's kind of traditions, like putting a tree mm-hmm. up. You have any favorite uh, holiday traditions you want to mention? Well,
1: well, there's quite a few. I mean, we do the seven fishes in my family and I've always loved doing that. My uh, great-grandmom used to do it. And then when she... Started getting sick. My mom took it on just to make her dad happy. Um, She knows how much that tradition meant to her father. And I hope to one day have to be, or not have to, but I hope one day I can take over that for my mom uh so
0: you're a cook good good yeah i like to cook too we do this we do the seven fishes in my family too uh uh no you don't have to comment about it if you don't want to but uh, i'm also going to be discussing january 6th and whether i think it was an insurrection or if it was just a poor place to riot uh you have any comments (laughs) or knowledge on that
1: no comment. <laughs> no happening. comment.
0: All right, well, <laughs> once again, Miss Thang, thanks uh, for coming on. Keep listening. If you ever want to call in or say anything, please do so.
1: Thank you. It's been fun.
0: All right, thank you. Meatballs for America. Thanks, yeah, I'm the Meatball. Miss Thang, you're welcome to call in anytime. Have a good one. All righty, I'm going to do my second interview. This show is basically about me trying to figure out how to do interviews and record phone calls. But I'm hoping this is going to become a regular uh, segment here on the show. It's kind of like having a bookie in your pocket. Uh, you see J.B. Smooth on those Caesars commercials talking about casino in your pocket. Well, now you can carry around your bookie. Years ago, we used to have to call our bookies. Now, it's all online. And uh, I got a guy. Here's our guy. Uh, what's called a business development manager. Development manager. I'm sorry for one of uh, these online betting services, and he's going to talk to us a little about it. So, guy, what do you got to say about this at betting?
2: Yo, so uh, well, there's a lot to say, but the the, the best part about it is uh, the convenience of everything these days. You know, you don't have to uh, get on the phone and 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 call someone like we had to do back in the day, and you don't have to go meet him at some place and exchange your cash if you won or if you lost. You click a couple buttons on your phone, you make your bet, you win, you click another button on your phone or your laptop and you get paid. So for me and for most of the people I deal with, the convenience is by far the best thing.
0: And it's all the same bets like years ago when we used to call our bookie with like teasers and parlays and reverses and all that stuff? Yeah,
2: so one of the other great things about it is you can make all those bets And then you could make a hundred, if not a thousand additional bets that the old school guys would never take. You know, we're talking in game parlays. We're talking live betting. We're talking uh, prop bets that you could make on the Super Bowl. You know, those crazy uh, who's going to score first, who's going to have a safety, who's going to kick the first field goal. Is there going to be more field goals from this team or that team? There's, usually about 300 to 400 bets that you can make on an NFL game. And I don't even know what they all are, but there are 300 to 400 bets per game.
0: Now on those prop bets, well, first of all, like when you do the uh, parlays and teasers, basically the same kind of vigs and juice that you would have paid your street guy years ago.
2: Similar, uh, similar with the teasers. Uh, Usually you lay 120 for a hundred on a teaser.
0: And the parlay was a street teaser.
2: Exactly, exactly. And the parlays pay about the same. And I'll just throw one quick thing in there. Mm-hmm. The tease bets were always six-point teasers or seven-point teasers. When yeah. you go on these apps today, and points bets are fantastic with this, you can do a six-point teaser, a four-point teaser, a 10-point teaser, a 12-point teaser. You can manipulate that spread one way or another up to 18 points from where it started.
0: Wow. And would you just pay a little more juice with uh points? It's like buying the hook to the half a point or whatnot.
2: Exactly. If you have a team that's favored by seven and now you want to tease them all the way down to getting ten, you're gonna you're gonna pay for that. You know, whatever it is it is. But yeah, you pay based on how much you manipulate the spread. But it's a great option to have and, and people are, you know,
0: people do it all the time. Yeah, I tell it sounds awesome. And he's in game best, so you can so can you bet, uh, suppose, uh, I don't know, Miles Sanders has 200 yards in the first half. Can I bet an over-under that he's going to have 400 for the game or stuff like that? or?
2: Yeah, so what's interesting is, and these are all great questions, the answer to almost every question is yes, yes, and then some. You <laughs> could right. bet – you could bet Miles Sanders to get 150 yards for the game. You could bet Miles Sanders scrimmage yards. So his combined rushing receiving yards goes over 180 or whatever that number is. They have a they have a over under for combined scrimmage yards, rushing yards, receiving yards for probably 10 players. Touchdown props. Will they score a touchdown? Will they score two touchdowns? And it's very they're very popular bets and and people make a lot of money on this. Bet.
0: And now, can you can you parlay or reverse those bets too? Like, can right. I reverse so, Miles Sanders a touchdown and that? Uh, well, Zach Ertz ain't there I was going to say Zach Ertz. I miss Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard uh, a <laughs> hundred yards receiving. Can I like parlay those two?
2: Yes. Wow. So once
0: again, the answer is yes. You can parlay. Could, yeah. This could be highly addictive. I can see not leaving my couch. <laughs> uh, so you are you are a points bet. How long have you been with them?
2: I've been with points about two years. It was just a fun kind of thing. It's just all the people I know love betting sports. I love betting sports. It's a long story. We don't have time to go over it right now, but I am with them. They're a fantastic company. And the one thing that they do that no one else does is they have a slider option on their website where let's stick with miles Sanders. If you bet Miles Sanders is going to go over 100 rushing yards, and you bet $100, and he goes for 200 rushing yards, you win 100 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, if he goes for 99 yards, you lose 100 bucks. With points bet, there's a slider option that you get paid for every yard he goes over 100. So if you bet 100 and he goes for 110, you might win 140 bucks. If he goes for 180 yards, that $100 bet might pay you 360. You just have to look at the slider. It's a little – it's easy to use, but it's dangerous because, once again, let's say he slips or gets hit and blows his ACL out after five
0: yards. God forbid. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't, let's not use mild standards <laughs> in, that, in that situation. <laughs> so already got you a bad hand, this son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> so then you could lose for that $100 bet. You could lose five, six, seven, eight hundred 800 if he only goes for 10 yards. Oh, wow. So you've got to be careful, but that is very fun. And listen, I do it for a dollar.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Said- I could win. Yeah. You can have a lot of fun. Like that's what's going to ask. Well, are there minimum bets? So you could bet a dollar. You could have a lot of fun betting a dollar to five dollars just watching the game.
2: Well, that's the thing. Like it's supposed to be fun, right? It's mm-hmm. supposed to be fun. You don't want to be sweating your car payment. I mean, you put five bucks on an in-game parlay with three football games. The most you can lose is five bucks, but you can walk away with four grand. Oh wow! And that's what people are doing these days. They're taking a little bit of their money. That's not you know enough for a Starbucks coffee. And they're putting these in-game parlay props that pay two thousand, four thousand. I mean, they're on Instagram all the time. Sports line parlays that a guy put for a dollar. Now I'm I'm getting you know crazy, but they pay thirty grand. Now the guy went fifteen winners,
0: which is you know, not easy to do. do. <laughs> you know, but it happens. And that's I'm, I'm it. actually yeah. Uh... Since the two games Monday, two games Tuesday, game Thursday, I picked three games this week for a bet I do with my nephew. But Thursday was including that. I picked seven winners and was six and one against the spread. I'm actually about nineteen and two in my last twenty one picks, but because uh, well, I ain't betting if, real money, <laughs> as soon as I bet, they'll all be losers. <laughs> if you if you put ten
2: bucks on a six leg parlay in the NFL. That ten bucks is going to return you about thirty-five to one.
0: Now is that against spread or is that straight up?
2: That's against the spread. Okay. That's hard to do. Oh my Very hard to do. <laughs> you know, you either you know, look people are looking to take a lottery ticket, a little bit of money. And you know, you have those guys too that'll say, you know what, I'm betting five hundred bucks on the Eagles this night. they're gonna win. And they, you know, crush the Giants and he bet five hundred, you win five hundred. You could there's guys that do that too.
0: You know what's you know what I think is gonna be fun with it. Uh, if I get into this on-phone betting, although it could be addictive. I once went to a game in New Orleans. It was a playoff game. Jeff Garcia was quarterback of the Eagles. Uh, me and my buddy went out there, and there was a New Orleans fan right in front of us. And the whole game, we're betting $100 at a time. It's going to be a running play. It's going to be a passing play. They're going to get a sack. They're to... At one point, we were up about $1,200. I think we lost a couple hundred, all told. But <laughs> we had a lot of fun doing that. And you could do that. You ever done anything like that? <laughs> I have, as a matter of fact.
2: I think it was in New Orleans.
0: I <laughs> maybe, maybe we were at the same game. <laughs> we were. They lost. All right, well, hey, it was a lot of fun talking about this. We're going to get. Uh, we're going to set something up regularly. We'll talk games. Uh, you got any big picks this week? Who you like?
2: Ah, uh, you know, I'm actually don't have anything this oh, week. I haven't next week. week. Yes. When, yeah. Give me a little time and do some research and I'll give some winners to your listeners.
0: All right. And that maybe maybe we'll do a little pool. We'll uh, we'll work something out where we can compete against each other each week, big in games. Uh, real quick, the rest of the podcast, I am discussing January 6th. If you'd like to comment, you can say no comment if you want. Do you think it was an insurrection? Do you think it was just a protest? Do you think it was a riot? What do you think it was? Or no comment?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, if you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, absolutely not an insurrection. That's just the liberal media pushing the only buttons they can because that's all they got. Well, they threw a I little mean, race
0: in there, too. They said they were a bunch of racists because they, they got they got a ting uh, it with race.
2: <laughs> yeah. So was uh, what's his name? The guy that uh, from Wisconsin, he, he shot two white people. They called him a racist.
0: Yeah. Well, and they, you know what they're saying? The guys had racist shirts on. That's how you know they were racist. But the, didn't the guys who beat up Jesse Smollett have uh, MAGA hats on? They were racist, too, right? do <laughs> black Nigerians in MAGA hats. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so anyway, you, you agree with me. I don't think it was an insurrection. Listen in. you could you, you can, uh, hear what we have to say about that. Uh, it's going to be posted tomorrow about 9 a.m. And uh, the fun thing I'm talking about on my show is favorite holiday traditions, whether it be family ones, just yours, personal ones, you and your sweethearts. Do you have any of them or not really?
2: Well, no. The, the the holiday tradition around Christmas Eve that we do is the Italian tradition. where We do the seven fish. <laughs> that's what everybody's. Fish.
0: Yeah, that's what everybody's mentioned.
2: <laughs> well, you must have a bunch of dagos on your show because the only people to do that are Italians, that's, Catholic Italians.
0: That's that's why we're <laughs> that's why the show's meatballs. We're American. <laughs> It's not (laughs) pierogies. That's the one that comes to mind. And that's one of my favorites too. Well, well, my, my online betting guy, I appreciate you coming on. I enjoyed our conversation. I hope you had some fun listening. Look forward to talking to you next week. And, uh, I'll try and put together some kind of way we can compete. Thanks for coming on. You were at number two interview ever on meatballs for America. Any final words? Well, I'm
2: honored. It's a great show. I'm enjoying listening to it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some, uh, some winners out to, out to your people and, uh, it'll be great.
0: And that's what point, say that again, pointsbet.com or how can they find it?
2: Yeah. Pointsbet.com. Just like, you know, just pointsbet.com and it'll come up. The website comes up. You gotta, you could open up an account with 50 bucks. You can open up an account with 2000. It's just whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. And then pointsbet will match whatever you put in for new customers. Whatever you put in, if you put in two grand, you get two grand for free. If you put in fifty bucks, you get fifty bucks for free.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they want to get you addicted. <laughs> they do, and it is. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's, uh... it's like that first <laughs> free pack of cigarettes. They know they got you. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being my uh, points bet guy, and I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, no problem, people. I'll talk to you, brother. Later. So there you have it, my first ever interviews, first two interviews. Uh, one thing I did learn mostly is I need to mute my mic when my interviewee is talking uh, so you can't hear me moving and fidgeting in the background. I also learned uh, a few things about what they're doing in schools uh, and uh, some of this online betting. I hope you all found some of those uh, points new, relevant, interesting. Our online sports betting guy, my guy, uh, he's going to be a regular uh, weekly segment on Meatballs for America. And uh, if any other teachers, parents, or students would like to come on and address their opinions, concerns, or views about schools and COVID, get in touch with me. We'll work something out. Now, since the last time I spoke with you, I did watch a movie to review with you because I promised not all spite and vinegar, we will do some uh, fun entertainment reviews. So I watched a movie called National Champions. Uh, It's available on demand right now. Uh, It starts off 72 hours before the National Football Championship game between the two best teams in college. The starting quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner, uh, he's expected to be the number one pick in the first round. He's got like a $35 million guaranteed contract waiting for him with the Miami Dolphins. He decides to boycott the game, him and one of his uh, teammates. The two of them started off 72 hours tweeted out, we're not playing until all NCAA D1 players get paid and get some medical benefits. Uh, he wants to help, you know, all those guys who don't get to go to the NFL or who can't sell their names. A lot of good stories where in there where he's explaining it. And that within 36 hours of the kickoff, 40 players between the two teams have now joined the boycott and are refusing to play. Uh, it's a really good story. Really interesting. Um, they could have done it a little bit better, but they did it pretty good and it is definitely worth worth the watch you, you see a lot of uh, behind the scenes type stuff with the ncaa with lawyers with coaches uh and you hear about some ugly possibilities that may be going on in d1 sports uh but it's really good i was going to give you a much more in-depth review but with these interviews and whatnot this is going to be a very very long show uh so uh I want to get into January 6th, as I alluded to at the end of those interviews, uh, I'm going to do it a more abbreviated version, but I'd like to start off with saying I don't condone what happened January 6th. I consider myself a uh, conservative Republican. Um, however I am in favor of mandates. You can't believe one side, 100% on everything. Uh, and I don't blindly follow them, but, uh, I don't condone what happened. Uh, That's not the way civilized human beings should handle their business. Uh, I'm fine with protests. Uh, And, you know, sometimes they can get a little bit too violent. But, you know, it happens, and I I believe protests are necessary. But uh, it wasn't as mainstream media likes to present it, and as the woke and the left always describe it, a violent armed insurrection. You know, the mainstream media, the news, Newspapers, CNN especially, Joy Reid, they refused to mention January 6th without calling it an insurrection and without mentioning the violent armed crowds storming the Capitol. Well, Webster's Dictionary defines an insurrection as a usually violent attempt to take control of a government or a violent uprising against authority or government. United States law under Title 18, U.S. Code 2383 says rebellion or insurrection, whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or gives aid or comfort thereto, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both and shall be incapable of holding any office in the United States. Now, do you know how many people were arrested, charged, tried, or punished under this title or code? Zero actual participants were detained, arrested for, charged with, found guilty, tried for, or punished for any type of insurrection or rebellion as prescribed above. Only President Trump was impeached for inciting an insurrection. However, how could the man have incited something they haven't even charged a single person of doing? Of the 700 people plus that were arrested for their actions that day, read through their charges. They're charged with parading or demonstrating or picketing in the Capitol building. They're charged with entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds. They're charged with disorderly and disruptive contact. Ah, Conduct, I'm sorry, in a restricted building or grounds. They're charged with disorderly conduct in the Capitol building. They're, They're charged with parading or demonstrating or picketing at the Capitol building. But nobody charged with insurrection or rebellion. Not one single charge of any of that. They're all charges of trespassing, picketing, and disorderly conduct. Jacob Chansley, AKA the Q non shaman. He was charged and found guilty of, this is the entirety of his charges, knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority and with violent entry and disorderly conduct on capital grounds, not a single charge of insurrection, no mention of overthrowing the government, no mention of, uh, attacking authority. Uh, Oh, and by the way, there's also zero evidence presented or any mention of any connection of him affiliated with QAnon or any political groups. Yet they constantly call him the QAnon shaman. Uh, you can look it all up and you can see it for yourself. So it's advertised as an insurrection with 700 plus arrests associated with it. And the sole mention and sum of any type of action taken in regards to an insurrection is the impeachment charge against President Trump for in- inciting an event, again, which nobody has been charged with actually doing. Um, Now, Webster's also defines a protest as something said or done that shows disagreement with or disapproval of something. And more fittingly to January 6th, number two, they define it as an event at which people gather together to show strong disapproval about something, such as a protest march, demonstration, or rally which is exactly what January 6th was. It was a protest that got out of hand, maybe even becoming part riot, but it was far from an insurrection. The other thing is they like to charge the the right with insurrection. The gun-toting Second Amendment uh, loving right um, decided to overthrow the government of one of the strongest countries in the world, and nobody said, hey, let's bring a gun. 'Cause the only firearms at the Capitol on January 6th were those held by law enforcement. And I like when you mention that to, to the woke or to the left or one of these bleeding heart liberals. They'll say, hey, firearms are not the only weapons you can arm yourself with. Yeah, that is true. But that's a bullshit line. If I say an armed intruder entered a building, do you picture a guy with sticks and stones or picket signs entering the building? Or do you picture a guy with a gun? Uh, you know, and the Second Amendment protects our right to carry and to bear arms, they mean guns. They mean firearms. When you say an armed violent crowd, what picture are you trying to paint? Are you painting a bunch of people with maggot picket signs, Trump flags, bottles and stones? Or are you you're trying to portray a crowd of armed gunmen and rifles? You know, so if January 6th was an armed and dangerous mob, they were armed exactly the same way and acted in exactly the same manner as The hundreds of BLM woke mob protests and peaceful demonstrations in their year of burning, looting, and mayhem. We need to start calling things what they are. They describe everything on the right as evil to make you be against it. Stop doing that. All right, I'm not going to go on and on about all that stuff. I'm going to play, yeah, two phone calls that I got because I have to play some phone calls. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show, but thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure you get in touch with me. I am the Meatball. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. We can be reached via voicemail 307-363-2669 or via email at yahoo.com. That's my show. Meatball out. The microphone is off. Yeah, Meatball. This is Linguini. I just listened to your show about this transgender bullshit. It's simple. There's two sexes. There's male, there's female. If you're born with a pair of balls, you're a guy. If you're born with a magic triangle, you're a woman. If you want to compete against somebody... You compete against a woman if you're a woman. You compete against a guy if you're a guy. That's it. No mystery, no nothing. See you later. All
1: you woke people don't like it. Kiss my ass. Hi, me Paul. It's me, the Broad. I just want to talk about my favorite family traditions. First, aside from I married into an Italian family and we have to do the seven fishes for Christmas Eve. Um, my favorite tradition is on Easter, where we get all the kids together, and we go out back and we plant jelly beans. And wherever they planted jelly beans, we get popsicle sticks, and we glue the candy onto the popsicle sticks, and we act like all the candy grew from where they where they planted their jelly beans. It's really fun. A little awkward. I don't know if it's a German thing or what, but uh, my parents did it since we were little, and then we, we continued to do it with our kids. That's it, Nicole. I'm going to enjoy your show. Have a great day. Bye.